the Pittsburgh Town Council January 27th uh, to order at uh, 5 p.m. We have the agenda uh, posted and in front of us. Are there any changes to the agenda? There is one, Deputy Mayor Menzer, uh, that it will be in addition, uh, 8.4 on RFD for Alberta 55 Game Tour. Okay. Mr. Ford? Yes, I'd like to add to uh, the agenda just a verbal briefing on the Peace Regional Rural Crime Watch so, for, for the conference and, uh, and trade show that we just hosted on Saturday. So we'll call that uh, Section 9, Item 2, Rural Crime Watch verbal report. Any other changes? Um, I think uh, I'm going to take the prerogative under new business and we'll move item three, tax exemption for air cadets to item one under new business. So we get there. So would someone like to move the approval of the agenda? Mr. Needham, all those in favor? In favor. Thank you, carried. We have the minutes of January 13th. If you've had a chance to review those, Someone like to move the adoption of those minutes? Uh, thank you, uh, Councillor Downing. All those in favor? Great, it's carried. In favor. Mr. Um, Parker, any public hearings? There are, there are none, Madam Deputy Mayor. Thank you. Okay, uh, Section 5. We have a presentation uh, from Obsidian Energy Partnership. And uh, they are gold sponsors of $5,000 towards the uh, new Baytex Arena and Rec Center. So, if we could, if we could call the group up and uh, maybe ask them to say their name, their names for the record, and uh, they could come up here and we'd like to shake your hands. <laughs> Hi, I'm Colin. Is that good news? That is good news. He's one of the best. Oh, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Johanna. Hi. Thank you. We are so thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Get recognized, um, Ms. Bell, on the door, on the, on the, door, on the wall. Yeah. That's great, too. So, thanks again. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, do we have any uh, bylaws? Uh, we have none. How about unfinished business requests for grants to organizations? Who would be helping out with this? Craig will be uh, bringing us forward on this one. Mr. Town. Thank you. Good evening, Deputy Mayor and Council. Before you is a report, an RFD, um, with recommended uh, dispositions under our Grants to Groups uh, program. Uh, Council has seen these applications and the applicants had the opportunity to come speak before council back at their December 9th meeting back in 2019. So per the new policy, um, staff have also reviewed and scored the applications including factors such as need, community benefit, alignment to town's mission, or sorry, mission and promotional benefit. Um, and again, it, it is something that is still relatively new. We are working out what these scores mean. Um, but we do have some information now to share because we did score some of these applicants last year and we can now see where they where they rank in terms of against each other versus last year's or the previous year's application. Um, so we do have that information as part of the report. I'll go through them. Did you want me to go through them all or stop after each one or? My personal preference would be do one and decide and then we're not mixing up what we thought about previous okay. ones. No, fair enough. Um, so based on the, um, the applications and presentations, uh, administration are making the following recommendations. The first one is for the piece. I'm just asking Mr. Good if you can mute his phone. I will do that. So the first application is on behalf of the Peace River Winter Swim Club, which is requesting a contribution of $1,700 for the swim meet that they have had, but they had put this request in well before that had, had happened. So again, meeting the um, criteria, um, the timing criteria of the, of the um, uh, grant funding or grant program. So the meet itself, um, they expect 150 participants, similar to the amount last year, um, which is a pretty good number to, to bring into town. Um, again, some of those will be town residents, some will be coming in. Uh, there is a, an economic benefit that would be derived from, from them having this, this event within our town. Um, from a scoring perspective and a review perspective, the club did score lower due to deficiencies in their annual report. Uh, the first, which it was submitted very late um, and we had to request it again to get it in. Uh, the report did not match the budget submitted so again the 
when they did the written financial report, the budget information was different than what they had shown at the time of their um, initial application. Um, and the expenses were, were half, more than half, or less than half of what they had estimated. So again, um, issues budgeting, because when you look at the little table that's provided, there's the concept of budget accuracy, which is important because it says, this is what we plan to do, and this is what we did um, compared. And in this instance, they're almost within 10% on their revenues, um, but they're 54% off on their their expenses, which, you know, again, as we're starting this process is problematic, but again, work with organizations to um, budget, account, and request what their, their needs truly are. So the club did receive $1,872 last year. Um, based on the, excuse me, uh, based on their their application um, and then associated reporting that they did. Uh, administration is recommending that council provide them $1,500 in funding to assist with the costs for their swim meet that was scheduled back on January 18th and 19th and work with the group to again improve their their budgeting and reporting um, so we could, could nail this down and improve it in future uh, applications. So if they were to uh, make a request next year, and once again their uh, expenses were 50% lower than this year's prediction, they would then get a lower score yet on overall somehow? Um, so I don't know if they get a lower score because the, the final report is out of three and they got a zero out of three, which is why they got 24 this year rather than 28. So they, they got the zero on that. Um, Staff at that point would go and review this and, and look at the history. And um, even though they might score something similar, the staff recommendation might be for a lesser amount because you know the organization, again, as an example, is having trouble um, doing what they say that they're going to do. Are there any uh, questions as to the, yes, Ms. Downing? Uh, so, Mr. Town, I do appreciate sort of how we're putting our information together. Um, I am a little confused, but I'm feeling like you that as we do this more, it'll get a little bit more clear. Um, I appreciate that you said, you know, should we see a similar thing happen next year, that we're then going to look at it and say, not, no, this is a bad risk, that's not our intention, and this isn't intended to be a punitive uh, process it's intended to be an informative process so I'm assuming that's where we're headed with this recommendation of this year yes that that is correct and again it's we're looking at uh, corrective um, behaviors and and uh, more accurate information again to allow council to make the best decision because again we all know it's a limited pot of money any other questions, Mr. Dino? I, I don't have any questions, Deputy Mayor, but if you want to move it along, I'd be prepared to make a motion. By all means. Uh, I would put a motion on the floor that Council support uh, the swim club uh, in the order of $1,500. And this is for the swim meet that was uh, held last weekend, uh, January 18th through 19th. Thank you. Uh, any further discussion? Okay. Um, all those in favor of the motion? You're good. In favor. In favor. 
Okay, uh, it's carried then. Thank you. The next one then is North Peace Performing Arts Club. Thank you. So for the North um, North Peace Performing Arts Club, they're looking for funding for their Performing Arts Festival, which goes from March 1st to 14th um, in a variety of menus. Or three venues, there's three or four venues that uh, they have identified and they're requesting a contribution amount to $5,000. Uh, the festival last year drew in 802 participants um, and as mentioned will be held um, over several weeks. Uh, so from a reporting perspective, and again this is within their final report, uh, they did struggle to maintain their budget accuracy and again if you look their um, budget accuracy on the revenues are very similar to the expenses which is actually from a reporting perspective I would consider that good because they did align or manage their expenses to match their revenues. So um, again, you know, you would expect to see that type of, of uh, lockstep with, with your numbers. Um, and then also they have amended their 2020 budget to um, mitigate or, or reflect what their, their upcoming reality will, will possibly be. Um, also from a, from a reporting perspective, when you look at their revenues, approximately 60% of those revenues are from uh, donations through local businesses and personal donations. So, you know, they're leveraging the donations they're able to get outside of government funding or um, activity type revenues to uh, to bring to the table. And that's something that we would like to see organizations do as they go through this process. Um, you know, which shows obviously an active fundraising approach and active participation within the group. Um, from a municipal perspective, we are the sole municipal contributor at this point. And again, this will be something that we bring up, bring up to organizations when they put in their requests. Have they asked rural municipalities? Because apparently, well, I'm very certain the 802 participants were not all town residents. Um, so the club received $1,500 last year. Um, based on the number of participants, which would provide a benefit to the town and their budget amendment, staff feel that this event should garner additional support um, to assist in their success. So administration's recommendation is that council provide $3,000 in funding to assist with the costs associated with the North Peace Performing Arts Festival. Thank you. Are there any uh, comments from councillors? Questions? Someone care to put forth a motion? Councillor Downing? Uh, Madam Deputy Mayor, I would like to move that the Council follow administration's recommendation and provide $3,000 in funding to assist with the costs associated with the North Peace uh, Performing Arts Festival. Thank you. Any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor? In favor. I'm also in favor. Great, so it's carried. Thank you. And next step will be the St. Isidore um, Cultural Event, the Carnival. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, both because I'll butcher the French and I will not be invited up there, and so I'll just call it Carnival. Um, but again, they're asking for a $1,000 request, which is typical for what we've seen in previous years. It's a wonderful event. It's got a large regional impact. It draws in lots of people. Uh, their request to the town in terms of their total revenue needs is pretty small. It's you know just over 1% of their $95,000 budget. 
Um, so this is, you know, clearly one that council has supported in the past, and um, without wasting too much time, um, recommendation is that they supported the $1,000 level again in 2020. Okay, would someone like to put forth a motion? Councillor Needham? Uh, yes, uh, Deputy Mayor, I would put forward a motion that we provide $1,000 to the current uh, uh, of in St. Isidore this, uh, this February. Any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor? I have a question. So uh, the first motion was made by Colin Needham. Was, did Colin Needham also make the second motion and he's now making a third motion? No. No, uh, Councillor oh. Downing uh, made a motion. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking this would be the Colin Needham hat trick. Uh, <laughs> supporting sports, the arts, and culture. Okay, Mr. Uh, Tarpey, obviously you're you're on it today. So good to know. <laughs> sure there's um, a comedy show here somewhere. <laughs> yes. So uh, remind me, did we vote on that? We did. No. Okay, we did? Okay, we're going to vote on this, Mr. Tarpe. I support the motion. That's good to know. All those in favor? <laughs> uh, Mr. Good? In favor. Great. Okay, it's carried once again. Thank you. Um, Peace River Curling Club. The fourth uh, application is the Peace River Curling Club, um, which is uh, assisting in the curl for the Claws MS Fun Spiel on January 31st. And February 1st of the upcoming year. Uh, proceeds from the event are donated to the MS Society North Peace Chapter, so they do stay relatively local, um, with $4,000 going to that organize, organization in 2019. The club did not put in an application in 2019, so there's no data to report, but they have put in requests and received $500 for the two years preceding that in 2017 and 2018. Uh, the club is requesting a $500 contribution towards the event, which has 80 participants. Um, and from personal experience, I do know that several do travel from out of town, and I've met lots of interesting families and, and folks. Um, for those of you who, who know, curlers do like to travel for, for the little bond spills and whatnot. So again, there is a, a community benefit uh, to, the, to this organized overall event. So administration's recommendation is that council provide the $500 requested in funding for the Curl for a Cause MS Fund Spiel 2020. Okay, any further discussion? Someone like to make a motion? Mr. Ford? Okay, so Mr. Ford recommends following the $500 in funding for the Curl for a Cause MS Fund Spiel. All those in favor? In favor. In favor. In favor. Great, it's carried once again. Thank you, Mr. Town. Okay, I think we're now moving to um, uh, new business, section eight. And as I indicated, we're moving the request for a tax exemption for the air cadets to the next, become this next item. And Mr. Town, you're also going to be briefing us on that. I am Deputy Mayor. Thank you. Um, so this is a request from the Peace River Air Cadets uh, to determine or to get clarification on a potential tax exemption and tax status at a property they are looking at leasing within the town. Um, I have provided general details of the application. Um, I'm not, I was not comfortable um, presenting some of the information publicly. Um, 
but I do understand that the air cadets are here, and if there's any questions, it could be directed at myself or them to uh, to do that. But I wasn't prepared to to uh, divulge, you know, kind of minute details of of uh, their lease or their potential lease or whatnot. Um, so in terms of background, as we all know, the air cadets had previously leased space at the Air Center. And with the sports club ending their operations there, um, they were turned away and have been seeking a suitable and or permanent space for their for their organization, for their meetings and, and practices going forward. Um, so the air cadets had contacted and they have made preliminary arrangements with the owner of a facility in town. Um, and the air cadets have indicated that receiving an exemption is um, necessary for the organization to financially succeed in the space. Um, the taxes at the space in question are approximately 10500 per year. The community organization property tax exemption regulation, which is attached, specifies the framework for, for providing these exemptions. Exemptions are at council's discretion. And last time council saw this was in May 2018, where you had received a listing of approximately 14 organizations and properties that had received the exemption, and council approved those for three year periods. <coughs> so again, you would see that main um, omnibus listing in the spring of 2021. Um, and as mentioned, new requests are dealt with as received. This is the first one that we've, we've had outside of those since I've been here. Um, first one that council's dealt with separately, separately since um, the last couple of years. So for councils and further information, some applications have been rejected at the staff level in the past for various reasons. Um, with applicants given the option to appeal to council, the organization has done that in the time that I've been here. So the air cadets in terms of this specific one, um, they generally, or they do meet the regulations. You know, if they're if a lease is executed, they would hold the property, which is important under the regulation, um, as it doesn't really specify um, if you're a renter of the property, then you would not be the one providing for or seeking uh, an exemption. But as a leaseholder, um, they would be eligible under the regulation. Um, they're also a not-for-profit organization and the ones utilizing the property. Um, the town, uh, within its rights, did ask for a copy of the proposed lease um, with the, uh, between them and the landlord, potential landlord, um, and it, it's just a typical uh, lease that you'd expect to see for, for any type of property within town, um, with the tenant being responsible for standard costs, including rent, taxes, utilities, and basic upkeep. Um, the Air Cadets are looking to clarify the situation or asking for a resolution on this as soon as possible. Um, they would like to execute said lease and uh, take control of the property in question. This is outside of our normal uh, timing. Um, applications are due by the end of October um, for the, the year that's coming up. Um, and we did receive the application in December. Um, there has been discussions among staff and the air cadets at the time. Um, from a personal perspective, I'm comfortable, I don't want to say ignoring the time frame, but you know, um, 
at the staff level, we weren't viewing the time frame or the deadline as absolute. We felt it could be something that could be um, decided outside of outside of staff's purview. Um, so, but there is a little bit of a, a catch here, you know, and I, I will say this, um, you know, from from what we've heard and seen, you know, this appears to be an application that's framed to take advantage of the regulation. Um, and a way to subsidize the air cadets costs, which isn't incorrect or wrong, it's just use, utilizing the, the regulation um, you know, to, to their advantage. Um, so, but if the, if the conditions and arrangements of the lease are suitable to the air cadets, um, you know, the question is would they be able to operate financially if they did not have an exemption? If the requirement of reason, requiring of receiving exemption, um, you know, shifts. Sorry, I'm just trying to revive everything here. Um, so the requirement of receiving exemption shifts the financial burden from the ones who are utilizing the space um, onto the entire community. So again, not that that's. Um, untoward or anything like that, but it is just a reality. And again, when we get into the budget questions that we come up later, there's um, you know, financial issues that, that are kind of come into play here. So there are some financial implications to this. This item has not been included in the 2020 budget. Uh, should council approve it, uh, the exemption uh, would be identified and added to the budget during the deliberations. So. Just on a really quick note, you do have the budget book in front of you. Um, we are looking at a budget deficit right now of about $323,000, I believe. This would add another 10% or $10,000 or or 3% of our our overall deficit um, to the to that amount. Um, there is a variety of council options here. Um, option one is a council provide. The tax exemption on the tax roll in question for the 2020 tax year. Um, the advantage are provide certainty to the not-for-profit organization and supports the activities, uh, youth, youth and other activities within the town. Uh, disadvantages are the financial impact to the town not been budgeted, um, and then the possibility of other organizations utilizing similar practice. Financially, it would be an additional expense that we would have to deal with. Option two would be to ask the air cadets to execute the lease and resubmit their tax exemption application um, for review and then return to council for consideration. Um, this does actually properly adhere to the application process, um, this concept of pre-approving an exemption. Um, once we were writing the report, um, it's not something that is typically considered, um, but again, it was a timing issue with the air cadets, and they did ask for clarity on this issue. Um, so it would, um, from a disadvantages, it's uncertain what what the air cadets or the organization will be able to do, or delay decisions <clears throat> to a future date. The financial implications are uncertain if this does happen. Um, Option three is to invite the air cadets to submit a grants organization application for financial but not necessarily 
taxation support. Um, again, this is an option. This is not a, a staff recommended one, but it would allow council to consider the request outside of the tax exemption process and council to consider a further range of options, but it would significantly deviate from what our typical process would be for something like this. Option four would be to defer to budget deliberations, which are going to occur over the next 14 to 30 days. <coughs> um, council would be able to review the request in the entirety of its financial situation, um, but it does defer the decision on this. Um, option five is to not approve the exemption for the tax rule in question. Uh, by doing so, there'd be no financial impact to the town, but it would probably impair the, the activities of the air cadets or, or disadvantage them in some way. So the staff recommendation at this point is for option two, that the lease be properly executed um, for the property in question and then resubmit their application for for further consideration at this point. Okay, so generally though, um, air cadets uh, or lease, uh, they satisfy the requirements for a tax exemption status. Uh, yes, they would. Okay. Um, so are they somewhat similar to uh, what a, a dance club would be in terms of applying for this kind of exemption? Um, I, I noticed there's a dance club on a list of exemptions. Dance society. Okay. I would generally say that yes, they would be within the same criteria or categories yeah. as an organization like that. Boxing club as well. But usually you're saying that um, uh, it's usually the organization that applies for it because someplace in their rental agreements or leases uh, it's uh, considered an advantage to the owner of the property to somehow incorporate the thought of a little tax exemption into the whole business plan. Uh, yes, it, the regulation does require that the organization in question does have, they, they hold the property um, okay. and then do have general control, um, but are also, um, you know, the ones that would be accepting of some of the financial or property risks that would, that would go with that. So okay. that, that's correct. Okay, thanks. Um, other questions? How much uh, <clears throat> delay would this be if we said to, if we followed option two, what, what, what kind of a, a delay would there be? Would there be a disadvantage to that time? Like um, undue disadvantage to uh, any delay? Because it says there would be one, but how, how long? Um, I'm uncertain what the, the delay would be. It would be um, if the air cadets were to execute fairly quickly, then council would see this at its next meeting. Um, again, with a with an additional or different report, um, so it would be so two weeks, two two weeks minimum, possibly longer, depending on other factors. And if so, my question is, what was your recommendation? The recommendation was to um, require the air cadets to execute the lease, follow the application as as proper and then resubmit and return to council for consideration. Okay, so, and yep. the, uh, just going back to Elaine Manzer's question, 
This is unusual. So what has happened is, I don't have the briefing note in front of me. So what has happened is that the renter, the person owning the building is, uh, is, a, is making the application for the air cadets or on behalf? I, I didn't quite understand that one. Um, originally, the the owner of the building put in the application, but it has since been amended, or would be amended, that the air cadets would be the one putting in the application. Okay, and then the tax exemption is meant to cover uh, that building uh, 365 days a year, or just for those days, uh, it's prorated based on those days that the uh, building is used just by the architects. So for instance, if they use it once a week, uh, it's uh, 52 divided by 365. That's the percentage uh, that they get that would fall under the uh, tax exemption category. There's no probation or proration based on use or timing of the use. There would be a prorated amount if they were using a portion of the property. So for example, those other facilities that the deputy mayor mentioned, the boxing club and the gymnastics club, they are not used in the totality of the building or the facilities that they are in. So the, that's prorated based on area, but there is no proration based on, on usage. So again, how, however it's used, and if it, if it is used one day a year or 350 days a year, um, the, the exemption amount does not change based on use. So it's the, the idea is that they have access to that building for 365 days of the year, and if the area they're accessing is 10% of the total area, then the tax exemption could be 10% of whatever the the fee was. That's correct again based on a, an area yeah. rationale. Mr. Tarpey, further questions? No, I'm ready okay. to vote. Um, Mr. Needham, question? Just just, uh, just so that I, so this, this is a good deal for the property owner because he doesn't have to pay taxes. This is a good deal for the air cadets because I think they were paying about $1,000 a month that's worth about and now this is all going to go to the general tax base so the way the recommendation is uh, presented uh, do we know if the air cadets are willing to pay anything or do they want to go from a thousand dollars to zero um, well no because he again the lease so they within the lease they are required to pay a rental amount Plus, I'm sorry, say that again. They're required to pay a rental amount. Yes. So a monthly lease cost or an annual or monthly lease cost. And then taxes are on top of that amount. It says the leasee. So the we, we don't know what that amount is and we don't. Is that a, do we need to know that? Um, or by signing a lease, then we'll find out what the agreement is. Well, I've, I've seen a proposed amount, but I'm not willing to divulge that publicly. Okay. Okay, is uh, someone ready to bring forth a motion? Councillor Needham? 
Uh, yes, Deputy Mayor, I would suggest that uh, we go with option two and that the Peace River Air could act, uh, execute the uh, uh, lease for the property uh, in question and submit their application for consideration. Thank you. Uh, any further questions? And that doesn't limit them to having to wait till October or any of that stuff. We can still act, we can still act on it. Next meeting, no problem. Yeah, that, that'd be that, that'd be my position to to allow them to, you know, not, not enforce the the deadline at the time. Okay, are we ready to vote then? All those in favor of the motion? In favor. In favor. Did I hear two in favor, sir? Thank you. Okay, the motion was passed. So the air cadets would uh, bring forth their lease as soon as possible so it can get on the next agenda. Um, uh, I have a um, question from the air cadets in the audience that I could entertain. Yes, we, we would have a lease agreement. Pardon me? Do, can you just come forth to the uh, mic there with and if you want to state your name please my name is Katie Rieger I am the commanding officer of 124 um, so previously we've been at the rec center we typically pay we're paying about $800 uh, a month um, this is the first property that actually fits our needs um, for our group. This would allow us to actually put back into a of many of the programs that we were unable to do this year. We are currently running out of the daycare. The space is smaller than your council mm -hmm. <laughs> room. Um, so as soon as you put those teenagers in it, it does not work at all. The schools are not an option because there's so many sports that run out of them. Um, so that really hasn't been an option for us. There has been no space that is willing to work with us other than this space that we're talking about right now. Uh, he's making a deal with us at a rent that is at the maximum of our budget. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about us, but as a non-for-profit, we actually don't charge any fees whatsoever to our cadets. Um, the, I would say over half of our cadets come from out of town. So we have parents and guardians driving in from out of town, killing time while we have them <laughs> doing their parades and their extra activities. So potentially, if I could run a whole program, I would probably be at that, that facility approximately five days a week with my staff going in on other times to get our work done. Um, right now, we, we don't even have access other than the bathroom for water so we cart water in and out of the daycare um, we're carting all of our supplies in and out every week uh, we have to I have to open up my house personally so that we can get our cadets in our uniforms if we don't find a facility we either have to close down a program that's been here since 1942 or we have to move out of town so I think our intention was that 
the, is the dollar benefit the exact same from option one to option two? Like we can we cannot afford to execute something that we have to pay taxes on. So if we execute that, and for some reason you guys say no, because it could happen, because you guys aren't saying yes, and that's up to you guys, then we are on the hook for that, and we we can't afford it. We we would use all of, almost all of our funds on one year's taxes. So what I would like to suggest um, um, is maybe you have a further conversation with uh, Mr. Town, but essentially this motion um, pretty well said go ahead with your lease and from the discussion here uh, questions were asked as to whether or not the circumstance would fit this policy and I think the um, answers we received from admin and so on was that yes it would fit the policy but we need to follow through on that lease aspect to make sure that we've got our uh, line process yeah 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 because I believe our intention I don't know are we allowed to telegraph <laughs> is there a possibility you and I can just meet tomorrow or, or you and your representatives can meet and, and I'm sure I can help work out a, a solution to this problem yeah it would definitely have to be after hours that's fine that's fine we, we will work around your schedule to do whatever we need to try and come to a solution that I because I, I I have a feeling from council that they would like us to develop a solution I will work with you guys tomorrow okay, okay. there's just a bit of a process no and, and I totally understand yeah. it's just we our time our timelines getting very tight we're only at the daycare until the end of February and um, our numbers have been affected by being there our long-term members are like this is this space isn't working and we cannot deliver even our regular uh, Wednesday night program properly so that's our so thanks for the info and I think we've got to go forward okay. thank you so much for that thank you thank you mr. town as well okay uh, next up on our agenda is the uh, mr. town 2020 operating and capital budget Budget, Joanna oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mr. Tarpe and Mr. Good, we've got a proposed 2020 um, operating and capital budget document in front of us. So, this is it. This is the Oscars of the <laughs> municipal financial world. So. Uh, before it has not been uploaded yet it, it's just being being it's distributed we will it's on, the website. It, it's on the website counselor good if you not on the um, if you go to the website peacerivercia slash budget um, okay. the, the budget will be there uh, the presentation will be um, added at some point Thank you. So, um, once again, there's no one from the audience here, so I will keep the presentation brief. Um, um, it's similar to what council's seen in the past, so um, there shouldn't be too many surprises. This group has gone through a couple budgets already, and this follows the same process. So, um, we'll just kind of hit some of the highlights here, um, emphasize a few points. 
um, be able to um, disseminate and digest this information and, and come back to future meetings just raring to go. So it's important to just uh, highlight and emphasize a couple items here. Um, so in terms of our budget process, um, this is something that we do as an open and transparent process. Uh, all of our deliberations are in front of, uh, open to the public. The public could attend, the public could get in touch and if they have any concerns, um, relay or transmit them to, to council and council would act as their, their proxies. This is first level government here where we are the boots on the ground and responding to immediate items. Um, so the process begins with council determining its priorities for the year and then council develops the best budget that incorporates those, those priorities. Uh, the draft budget and presentations are also available on our website at www.peacerever.ca slash budget and the budget book is available in the office. So in terms of the framework, the budget sets forth the strategic resource allocation plan which is a fancy way of saying how does council want to spend its money and what are the ways we will do so, which is aligned with community goals, preferences, and needs. Um, the budget impacts that's brought back from staff are sensitive to prevailing economic conditions. So as we are doing this, we are cognizant of what our ratepayers are going through, um, community issues, and try to address those by mitigating significant impacts when and as possible, but of course municipal needs don't always align with, um, with uh, the opposing factor. People always want to pay less, so that's always a challenge. Um, this also incorporates Council's priorities into a format that allows for discussion and deliberations. Um, and then finally, the way that we do our budget, um, which is not just a series of numbers, it is a policy document, financial plan, operations guide and communication device which allows residents, ratepayers, taxpayers a greater sense of uh, where their you know, tax, taxes and tax monies do go. So in terms of the book, this is actually the fourth year of the book that's um, been at this council. A couple presentation items to quickly to consider. Uh, so we show gross amounts, there's no netting of amounts. So for example, on the expense side, if we have uh, an insurance expense, but we know we're going to get some proceeds from that, we, we show those proceeds as a revenue, not as a reduction to the expense. Um, and that is best budgeting practices, so items do not get lost or understate either our revenues or expenditures. Within the book, revenues are negative and negative is good. Um, there are internal allocations that are constantly going as we have a greater understanding of our budget and the presentation, um, we are constantly changing items. An example of this, as we go through this and you look at staffing, when you look at staffing for the Baytex Energy Center, it's about six, six tenths or almost a full FTE less than what we showed last year. Um, this isn't necessarily the case. We're not actually one fewer person there. It's just we're properly allocating half of one position from the Baytex Energy Center to Recreation Administration because that individual is doing recreation programming. Um, and we are showing approximately 0.6 of a couple positions at the arena that are parks, people during non-arena months. 
So before we had children in 100% arena, now we're kind of splitting them up between arena and parks. Can I jump in with a question? Please, anytime. Uh, so, because we're taping this and um, putting it out for public consumption, can you please talk about the value of allocating the staff and expenses in the way that you're currently describing? Absolutely. So this is more towards a activity-based accounting concept where we're able to, if we do this, look at discrete activities or services that are performed by the town as opposed to traditional departmental type budgeting and accounting. So again, you know, under departmental concept, um, people, resources are allocated to a department but not an activity. Uh, it's more difficult, well it's easier if council were to want uh, specifics on a discrete activity or service. Um, staff would be able to get that information a lot easier because we are doing these internal allocations which um, do or are directed towards more towards activities rather than so we're getting the, people the whole cost of a program as such rather than oh we forgot the staffing element sort of thing it is and it, it's an attempt I'm you know it, it's not something where we look at one individual person and say well four percent of their job is here and eight percent over here you know we might take a person and put them in three areas or something like that but it is a more accurate reflection so when we do say well our parks department costs us so many dollars per year or so much per resident per year um, it is more indicative of what that actual cost is when you look at the entirety of, of our budget and how we do our accounting okay, thank you. so Are we properly uh, accounting for these activity and time spent, say, for more administratively intensive operations? I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. No. Okay. We, we are not. Uh, and again, you know, if we wanted to get into hyper budgeting or hyper accounting, we could, you know, track our time in increments of six or ten minutes and, and do that type of stuff. But we're not going to go there. there that seems, that seems pretty minute. It, yes, it's, again, if we were billing for said time, that is something we could do. But, you know, again, we're just trying to get a reasonable proxy. You know, but, but for example, and I'll throw the CAO out there a little bit, you know, we, you could say that 6% of his time might be for planning services at any one time. And 8% of his time is having to deal with, um, you know, uh, public works, and sort of paying attention to that. We don't do that. We don't do that to that level. So no, it's not. We're not down to like a fine degree. But again, it is kind of reasonable to say that, you know, these are an estimation of costs. And again, um, typical municipal type costs. We do have to adhere to some items. So when we do our financial reporting back to the province, um, they use the traditional administrative section. Um, engineering and work section, you know, we we do have to adhere to that to a point and we don't deviate from from that by, you know, really chunking out people's times all over the place. Or other resources, you know, there's instances where, you know, our public work staff, if they're clearing um, the driveway at the fire hall, we're not allocating that to the fire hall yet. You know, at the end of the day, it's something that we might look at and consider. Um, a lot of estimate work to do that so and, and that's the model we're moving towards um, how far we go you know might take some time but you know being able to have proper discussions about services we know we need to know what those services cost 
especially if these services are ones that we are looking to our partners to contribute to. Yes, absolutely that is a consideration because there is some benefit towards the proper allocating of, of those costs towards those services and the justification of that. When you mention our our partners, the one thing I'll say that it's a little different this year in the budget book is we're showing a single year capital improvement plan at this time. Um, so normally we show a five-year plan. What the intention is, is we will show our five-year plan by the time we're ready to approve this. Um, staff still need some time to, to talk to council about what that five-year plan looks like. As we're going through the ICF process, and I'm not spilling too much um, stuff, there might be, it's becoming more apparent that we need to um, have a, a more accurate discussion about what our five-year projects look like. Because by, by showing a plan where the projects are likely or possibly to change quite a bit, we don't want to um, put the information, incorrect information into our partners' hands when, when they're relying on this as a planning tool. So, at this point, we're showing a single year. Um, that does have the impact on the tax rate, and it is the intention of staff to have a uh, five-year approval by the end of the process. So in terms of the fiscal outlook for the town, um, it's in some aspects, it's fairly similar to what we would have seen last year. So again, uh, general constraint, economic downturn, um, minimal opportunities for non-tax revenues in 2020, which again is pretty typical for municipalities. Um, this year includes the fully annualized Baytex Energy Center costs. So in the previous budget, we had shown, you know, for salaries, maybe not 100% of that from a budget perspective, you know, maybe 80% because we knew we wouldn't be open until later in the year. Those have been now dialed up to 100% based on approvals of council. Um, and there's other instances of that through the through the budget. Um, borrowing from a financial perspective is still fairly inexpensive right now. Um, um, and then the meeting of the public's expectations um, to the standard that they would like is, is still difficult for us to do. You know, it's there's a finite amount of money, finite amount of resources. Um, how do we manage that? Um, and then there's couple uh, business segments that are still uncertain or um, municipal long-term municipal cooperation in, in the region is um, always a bit of a challenge in terms of our more absolute financial impacts there's some significant external ones that are impacting us this year uh, the first is the province and their recent provincial budget um, this is something that council has been uh, made aware of um, and also publicly but now it's out there a bit more um, excuse me is this in the booklet this uh, is okay. this would also these items would be identified on page number four thanks which is the budget summary and this has the same list on there um, basically our impact this year on both the operating capital side is almost three hundred thousand dollars which is pretty significant on, on our budget. Um, losing that type of money from revenues and trying to find equal reductions on the expenses are, were pretty difficult. We did manage some of it. Um, 
but you know, finding equivalent saver cuts, um, you know, always difficult to do. And it, it's just basic downloading where, you know, we are expected to carry the same level of service with uh, a decreased amount of funding. In terms of this year, we have a reduction in MSI funding of approximately $162,000. Um, reductions in levies paid through the Grants in Lieu program, Grants in Lieu of Taxes of 61600 Reductions of fine revenues of approximately 21000 and that's the province's portion that they keep through the processing of fines revenue. And then employment grant reductions of approximately $25,000 that we are not expecting to achieve this year. Um, and that's the three. I didn't. I didn't napkin those numbers out. Those, those totals that we're not getting. Is that where the three? Yes. The three hundred. Yeah. If you take those four numbers, they're just under three hundred thousand dollars. Maybe two fifty. Um, and truthfully, the province is still uncertain. They still have a significant deficit position. Um, the twenty. Their recent budget had significant impacts for municipalities. Their upcoming one still might, even though they might focus on other uh, sectors of, of uh, different types of, of fields or whatnot. So, you know, and, and any uh, cuts there will have trickle down effects to us, where we will start to see more organizations, you know, requesting money or, or you know, having, having their pain, which will then be our pain. Um, again, the proposed MGA changes doesn't have many avenues for opportunity. And I'll be honest, again, having these ICF discussions, we're hearing the challenges that our municipal partners are going through, um, some which are provincially driven, some which are not. And, um, you know, I will admit they, they are challenges also. Um, so the ICFs may offer some, provide some assistance, um, but it's tough sledding out there in terms of you know, we're all, we're all going through really tough times, both urban and rural municipalities. It's, it's difficult for everyone. Um, going through these really quick, federally there's very few changes. There's no new programs or um, substantive funding in the last year. We don't expect, I don't expect anything for the upcoming year, but, but who knows. Um, I do identify the carbon levy charges, which you know, the federal government will now uh, implement as opposed to the province, so that's more or less neutral for us, but uh, it is something that is a bit of a change. Um, locally, you know, in terms of assessments, there's still limited um, residential and commercial type activities within town. And I did emphasize, you know, the aging of infrastructure and deferred work is putting pressure on our rates. We saw this last year where we had three or four significant sewer and or water line breaks, which were identified throughout the year. And um, those items were generally not budgeted for. We have started to increase those, those accounts, but we can't increase them to the amount that we need to. That would be too much of a single year hit, year hit so we're trying to include them slowly. Um, you know, and this is also deferred work at other facilities such as the arena, or not the arena, the swimming pool. If you look at that, repairs and maintenance of the swimming pool are, um, I believe, at least $50,000 more than previous years. That's required work. Um, that's not necessarily going to stay there every year, but, you know, again, the way that we budget, um, 
you know, to do to do an accurate and proper budgeting. Um, you know, if those costs are coming up and you have to budget for them, we don't necessarily say no. But again, if you don't need them, they come off your book. So, you know, we do get some of these little one-time, one-time spikes, but we don't do a uh, use it or lose the type thing that other levels of government do. So, that is something that um, may have little little spikes or impacts on us in any one year. <coughs> um, budget summary, really quick. Um, the pros, proposed budget includes expenditures of just under $26.7 million, um, which includes the following items. Um, so net operating expenses are up about 3.2%, $916,000. Um, council will receive a breakdown of this information when you get your budget deliberation binders. Um, there'll be information on there of what makes up that difference because it, it seems like a big number when you look at it right away and you say, whoa, how come our net expenses are up so high? Um, but there's other revenue type monies that, that mitigate that. So when you, you do look at the totality of our budget, right now we're showing a current budget deficit of $323,870. Um, ultimately, the final budget position and subsequent the required tax revenue changes uh, will be determined based on deliberations and decisions of council as we go through this process. And again, you're you're familiar with that. You've seen, you know, what the process looks like in terms of, of our base budget amounts, um, which are amounts needed for existing services. Um, and there's some some year-to-year -year changes here. When I talk about wage annualizations, and this kind of aligns to the information that's shown on page number 20. Um, where this is our consolidated budget summary. Um, wages are up to $434,000, which is a whole bunch of factors. One example of that is um, our planning position. We didn't have a planning position before that was a contracted service. So we had a similar reduction in the contracted service side. So that's an offset, but you know we don't show offsets, so it looks like our uh, wages are up quite a bit, but there's you know accompanying reductions out of work in other places. Um, utility costs are up from last year. Uh, contracted services, and again, this is primarily on infrastructure repairs, and infrastructure is both underground and facility. Um, significant increase of about $220,000. Uh, debt costs, and again, a lot of these are Reservoir 365 related. We had baked some of that into the budget through the previous rate, but we need to ca capture the balance of it um, for the upcoming year. Um, and then as an offset, staff are proposing water rate revenues um, of approximately an additional 375000 this year. I'll get to that slide in a second, and that is subject to council approvals through this process. Um, so when we do our, our decisions, one of the big ones that we do are service level adjustments. Um, when council has seen this list in the past, normally it has anywhere from 10 to 15 items on here. Um, and those would be anything from additional requests for improved services, different or you know, amended or increased staffing levels, that type of thing. Um, this year, there's four. You know, we have taken this year's budget and said, you know, there's, there's very little room or probably appetite for uh, service level requests at the staff level. 
if council wants to, um, as we do the process, and there'll be the opportunity to say, I'd like to look at this service um, to increase it or change it or improve it or pro possibly reduce it, there'll be um, the ability to do that and task could be, or staff could be tasked with how to uh, facilitate that. Um, but it is a pretty, there's a pretty short list this year because we, we knew that this was a tough year, um, especially with those provincial impacts on our budget of losing so much money to uh, consider new new options or enhanced services. Um, so the basic summary as is, and again, this is all contingent to approvals as we go along. Uh, right now our base budget amount is 286300 over our existing revenues. Um, if that's um, approved and moved along, and then if council approves all the deliberation items, um, our overall budget position would be 323870 as a deficit position, which if we need to recover um, the revenues to, to get that back to zero would require a 2.9% increase on tax revenues. Again, similar concept to what council seen in the past. Um, based on what we did last year, I believe we had a similar increase, which we were able to break down. I believe it was about $5.60 per month on a typical household in, in the town. Again, kind of in line with our economic situation, inflationary pressures, and others. Uh, water and wastewater rate information. Um, within the proposed budget, staff are proposing a rate increase of 68 cents or 12.6%. And again, this is due to, as I mentioned, those you know, emergency repairs and remediation of water and sewer line. We had those three or four big failures throughout the year. Uh, utility and insurance costs. Um, more materials for that those fun type activities, so more money for pumps, hydrants, valve replacements. <coughs> and then again, uh, debt or, or capital cost type items for for the projects that are that need to happen. The proposed capital budget for 2020, staff are proposing a capital budget of just over $7 million, of which the town funds approximately $4.5 million of that, and the balance is external funding, um, either through or federal or provincial sources. So that is in line with the amount that we have or are able to spend in any one year, which is around 4.4, million dollars of our monies that are available for, for the capital fund. Anything more than that would require tax rate impacts, um, because we'd have to generate more revenues to either pay off the debt or the, the transfer to the capital program. Um, some projects are funding dependent and are conditional until the funding is achieved. More to follow. Um, and again, you know, a lot of pressure um, on the, the capital program are on the water and sewer side. Up until a couple of years ago, I would have said it's recreation um, or maybe other failing hillsides. Um, water and sewer are the priority and problematic areas from a uh, program standpoint because the, the pressures there and the needs to replace these things are quite high. So, and on that point, um, so the water and sewer that you're talking about excludes the water and sewer that's in the neighborhood renewal that program? That's yeah. correct, yeah. So really it's more than just the one line. 
Thanks. Yeah. Um, here's a listing of the proposed capital budget amounts uh, for those of you listening at home and have downloaded the book and are reading it diligently. Uh, this is shown in the capital budget section starting on page number 81, um, which does have a listing of the proposed capital budget, an explanation of the projects, and the listing of potential funding on page 86. Um, in terms of next steps, a couple things are going to happen. So tonight we're distributing the budget. Um, this is for council to take. Uh, read, absorb, um, prepare any questions, um, you know, gather any information, consult with residents and, and be able to have the discussion about what the budget is and impacts to others. Um, it is available to the public and other organizations. Again, um, it's online. I'm sure our communications coordinator is busy tweeting about it and having many conversations about, no, nothing yet? Okay. It's everybody. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> we'll click on the link. Okay, um, and again, I, I've said this every year, if you have any questions, get in touch. You know, if, if it's an in-depth question and you want to ask it, um, you know, and you want to ask it at council, that's fine, but if you want to pre-ask it so we're able to bring information and provide additional um, context and whatnot, that, that'd be appreciated also. So, you know, if you, we'll be able to answer it more fulsomely if, if we know, know ahead of time, or you'll have to wait. Um, Again, similar to previous budgets, this will be broken down into decision packages, so we could kind of chunk it up and do one or two package during the regular course of our meetings, so we're not holding special budget meetings. Um, the schedule will be coming up in a minute. And again, similar to what Council's dealt with in the past, so there's the base budget and the approval of that, water and then wastewater rates, um, capital program, service level initiatives, and then those decisions will factor into and be the determinant of what any tax revenue changes or required tax revenue changes will be um, to go under the tax burden of residents. Uh, the budget schedule that we're looking at, again these are existing uh, council meetings. Um, we have scheduled um, some organizations to come and talk, so interested parties. Um, you know, I've expressed an interest to come talk, so we're scheduling those also. Um, if an additional meeting is required, we'll kind of deal with that as we go along, but hopefully, again, since I think it's a fairly status quo type budget, you know, I think we could get through this a little quicker than, than maybe previous years. But we're looking at the next four meetings, um, having some type of budget items in those meetings um, with possible approval by March 9th, maybe one meeting after that if required. March the 2nd is a GMP which is not listed, so again, that's another available time we could do this. So, um, we'll see how it goes. Um, any input and questions, either from council, the public, anyone, um, can be submitted either to a town staff person um, if it comes through myself, that's easy. If it goes through the manager of finance or another director, that's okay. Or if it goes through any counselor um, and you want to field or, or forward that question on their behalf, please do so and we'll, we'll get that answered as quick as possible. Just a, a real, real quick one. Uh, 
we executed some vehicle lease uh, motions, I guess, and the idea uh, was to reduce our vehicle costs. I just quickly looked at the numbers here. They didn't seem like they went down. Am I missing something or? Uh, so it doesn't, so the vehicle leasing was not going to reduce vehicle costs overall. Um, it was going to eliminate or reduce our need to purchase them through the capital program and free up capital monies for, for other purchases. So the increase in the vehicle expenses that you see there um, are twofold. It's a little bit of general repairs and maintenance. It's a lot of expected fuel price increases over the next year, and it's increases in the lease cost because um, it's a shift between the operating budget and the capital budget. So the vehicle costs on our operating budget will become greater over time as we lease vehicles, but our requirement to purchase them on the capital side will be reduced and save us money over there. That is the impact of the vehicle lease program over time. And better vehicles. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it is better vehicles. We will, you know, the, the repairs and maintenance for them will we'll generally offset. I don't want to say we're going to save money on no, repairs I mean, and maintenance because if you're leasing a, something. A logical explanation, Mr. Town. No, I, uh, I get it. It's, it's, just, uh, it's ultimately a shift between your operating budget and capital budget. Your operating costs will increase because lease costs are or overall more, but your re, you know, requirement to purchase those vehicles on your capital side will be reduced. And, um, so we were going to do that for a, a few years and then evaluate. Well, we're always evaluating, I would yeah. think, right? And we've leased three vehicles mm -hmm. so far. Three? Correct. Two. Yep. Um, yeah, no, we, we're dipping our, our toe into this, and we'll hopefully be able to see see the impacts. Um, just in the last year, we've started, um, and this is off topic a little bit, but important. Um, at the public works section, we started um, accounting for vehicles by vehicle number or by specific vehicle. Before, they would just go into a general ledger account, and when you look at it, it's like, oh, well, there's $300,000 worth of vehicle costs. Where do they belong? Now we're tracking costs by a specific vehicle, and we'll be able to say, well, this vehicle is costing us X dollars, that's a problem, um, and be able to make better decisions on, on that level of information. Good. Um, any further uh, questions of Mr. Town at the moment? People out in phone land, any question? Again, so the intent is to take well, the information. Thanks. Okay. No, sorry, sorry to step over you a bit. Um, yeah, so the information is now out there. Take uh, the time to read the uh, the budget document. Um, if you have any questions, please, you know, come field them. Council will provide more information as we go through the process, and and we'll try to have a, a nice and fun and enjoyable budget deliberation process. Mm -hmm. So next Monday would be the next uh, formal discussion. That's correct. <clears throat> okay. Any further questions? Well, thank you very much, Mr. Town. Uh, a lot of work has again gone into this, as well as uh, realizing that you're uh, 
dealing with all the ICF uh, uh, kind of discussions as well. So I'm glad you're still awake and not having a headache, I guess. I'm, I'm embracing the YOLO lifestyle. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, the next item on our agenda is um, number two, the uh, briefing um, note with respect to airport referendum. And Mr. Parker. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer and Council. Uh, before you even have a briefing note, um, we did send it out on Friday. I'm sorry, we, we tried really hard to uh, get it out on Thursday for the actual agenda. And, uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of things that we were working on it. And going back and forth, uh, specifically uh, you know, on some of the questions that were at the end, trying to, to get the right you know questionnaire that's out there. So I'll start off with this uh, presentation. and. Uh, I'll just uh, review it. Uh, I'm going to do it word for word just for you completely. Um, and just to bring up uh, the uh, allocation of my salaries, if we were actually to do my allocation of my salaries, 50% would go to the airport. <laughs> I wasn't going there. Now, you said six every six minutes, and that reminded me. So, when I was at the air tanker base, that was every six minutes. Airplanes were billed at six minutes, yeah. and you punched a time card for every plane. Yeah. And so, Maybe that's what you need. You dig out your airport time card, punch it as soon as you pick up the phone to, you know, uh, northern passenger carriers who you talk to on a regular basis. Well, trust me, I'd like to punch something every six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, with that, we'll carry right on. Uh, um, administration has prepared this uh, airport information uh, briefing note to update council. Um, Air Transportation Services, as you know, uh, we were given the uh, a notice from Northern Air that they'd be discontinuing in December of 2019. Um, basically, in the past 30 days, we have uh, stepped up to staff uh, uh, trying to contact airlines uh, not presently located in Peace River and try and uh, reschedule uh, scheduled services. Um, we, we totally understand that uh, the reason we're doing this is twofold. Uh, first, so that we can retain that uh, federal air cap, um, ACAP, uh, airport um, capital assistance program funding in the future and of course the second to decrease the likelihood of having to repay funds uh, that we've already received under the ACAP program uh, if we are downgate, uh, downgraded to just a registered airport should the town is not successful in funding an air carrier. We realized this was a problem uh, way back in 2017 when uh, the original RFP that was put out by Air Ambulance and uh, Northwestern Airlines, they did contact us in uh, 2017, uh, sent us a letter and said they would uh, be interested if uh, Northern Air did end up uh, eventually uh, uh, packing it in. Um, and of course, the thing is you're doing a delicate balance. You're not actively uh, trying to force your current provider out of business, but you still, you have to have some hooks in the water because uh, if you lose your main fishing line, you gotta have some supplemental backup and we did do that by you know consistently over the last couple of years of staying in contact what's happening and so on and so forth. Um, we did contact Northwestern Airlines Central Mountain Air and uh, we also did some follow-up calls so um, when we originally received the letter from uh, Northwestern Airline what we did is uh, uh, we replied immediately within six days and then we did the follow-up calls from uh, Mr. Stewart and um, even our mayor made a phone call directly to uh, uh, Brian Harold, uh, and uh, I remember the conversation because uh, afterwards, uh, uh, you know, like some of the things that the, the mayor was talking about was about actually having 
Northwestern Air moved their headquarters here, and he said, no way, it will never happen with this. Uh, I believe it was about 70 jobs, which actually was really nice to hear in one way, because you, you showed that Mr. Harold is loyal to his community up at Fort Smith, you know, and he, he won't get just um, pulled away into a different direction. But, you know, we continued those uh, conversations in 2017. Uh, and carried on. But not only did we do that, we also talked to AHS in the first place because of their flawed uh, RFP process. And we said, uh, because of your process that uh, you basically uh, did, um, we're concerned that we're going to lose scheduled services, if not tomorrow, but eventually. And what would happen if we lose those scheduled services? We talked about the ACAP, and we also we, we followed up with letters saying that you know we might have to increase fees, and we gave some really high numbers that we might have to increase the fees because of uh, their, their flawed process. But we also said that one of the other subcontract concepts is that uh, we could lose, uh, with the loss of air transportation, is we could lose specialized physician services. And this has, of course, been uh, confirmed by the recent letter from Dr. David Welch, which we have attached to this. Um, so way back then in 2017, we were actually advocating to say, hey, look, this is an issue. One of the conversations we did have on May 10th, 2017, and this is a telephone conversation between town representatives, one of our legal uh, representatives on the phone, and we were talking to Mr. Lauren Boone of AHS, and uh, we discussed the lack of consultation that they had during the RFP process, and, and that put our airport viability in jeopardy. And Mr. Boone basically responded, AHS is not in the airport viability business. They are in the ambulance business. And the airport viability is not my problem. Their mandate is to provide air ambulance service, and that's our message. That's what they kept on stressing. And on the 23rd of uh, seven, uh, May 2017, we received another letter. But this one was from Jacinta Prasad from AHS, and basically stating AHS remains willing to be a part of the dialogue on the Peace River Airport's viability, provided that it runs parallel to the RFP process rather than being intertwined with it. Uh, Mr. Stewart continued to stay in contact with both airlines, and uh, then when, even when he accepts the position with the Grand Prairie Regional Airport, uh, uh, indirectly stayed in contact via one of his uh, colleagues that works with the Grand Prairie Regional Airport. And what they were looking at is they were looking at trying to see if uh, basically Northwestern Air would actually fly from Peace River to Grand Prairie, because they are also trying to increase their numbers because they had a, a big hit to decrease the numbers in Grand Prairie. So uh, this is one way that they were trying to uh, uh, do the connection there. Um, I don't know what really happened to that one. Um, however, um, I personally contacted Mr. Harold on the 23rd of uh, December 2019, and we had a good discussion. But basically, he said uh, his biggest issue was he had lack of flight crews. and. Uh, that's why he, he actually even had to de, uh, uh, decrease his uh, scheduled service and cancel it in, um, in some other locations. Uh, but he thought that he would have uh, some crews by the end of the month. Um, so, but he wanted me to phone back. So we did phone back in the early couple of first uh, week of January, and we had a couple of different phone calls. Uh, um, I spoke with uh, Mr. Harold again on the 7th, and uh, his update was that now it might be the end of March before he has fully uh, trained crews. Uh, and we had a really, um, it was a very detailed discussion, promising discussion, but at the end of the day, we still have to wait. Uh, it's in their logistical uh, situation that they have to uh, solve before you know they can make any decisions. But 
We also were proactive because one of the things that we did do is we did contact uh, our fuel provider at the airport, Northern Air, and we asked, what can you do to help basically, uh, you know, give, uh, you know, any airline and uh, the ones that we've been really specifically talking to is Northwestern Airline, a, a discount to, to ensure that they can come on down here. And um, Mr. Hillman immediately uh, banged off an email and said, not only can I give you a, a really good price, um, uh, here's the other things that we could do. We have what's called a um, FBO, uh, um, a fixed base of operations, uh, and they could provide other activities for uh, Northwestern Air uh, to help their service. Um, so we did have the discussion about the actual fuel rate that was offered to Northwestern Air, and, and they clearly stated that uh, yeah, this is within the limits of what they do anyway. It's uh, it's uh, it was the fuel price was fine. It was no problems. We also discussed about our RFP and the process and if they had any concerns if the town was to turn over the ownership to anybody else. And Mr. Earl said he had, he had no issues with the RFP or the referendum question. July, or sorry, January 9th, the mayor, Councillor Scalhorn, myself, and the executive assistant met with uh, Prime Minister Christia Freeland. We, we talked for almost an hour. Um, Majority of the time was on the airport. We did talk about a couple of other items, but uh, it was the airport. We talked about the problems with ACAP funding, and we re we made a couple of specific requests. The first request uh, was Mr. Parker. Oh yes, Mr. Parker. Uh, I like to interrupt. Uh, you, uh, I think you elevated Krista Freeland to a higher post. She's oh, did I, I did I uh, say? Okay, Deputy Prime Minister. Yeah. I just wanted that noted for the record. Okay, there you go. I always got to be corrected. That's what it's like. So, having said that, <laughs> drop the mic, I guess. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Well, that's what happens when someone corrects me. I've got this power button here. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, with that, uh, we did request under the terms of the Aeronautic Act, uh, Section 5.19, or sorry, Section 5.9, Subsection 2, that the Minister designate the Peace River Regional Airport as certified, even if it doesn't have scheduled air service, as it's within the public interest. Um, and we had a big talk on that, and uh, we eventually, uh, what they wanted is they wanted some statistics, some numbers. Uh, we sent those numbers off and then we confirmed, okay, is everything okay? We were looking for an answer, hopefully by the 10th of February. We requested that. Uh, they understood that, uh, you know, we're, you know we're, we're looking at some alternatives. And so uh, they're going to do everything they can to get us a response by basically the 10th of February. But to be quite honest, um, um, the economic realities here, we have to look at that uh, in spite any incentives or conditions that we might be able to offer, uh, there is a possibility that we are unable to regain scheduled service. And if we're to look at that, that means increased costs of approximately 1.1 million a year. And you know, I didn't put that in the report, but that's basically what we've been getting on average for the last 10 years, about 1.1. We don't actually get it, like we get a big huge lump sum at one time and then nothing maybe the year after. Next year we'll get you know a, a program of 500, but of, of ACAP funding. But on average, if you were to take a look at the last 10 years, it's about 1.1 million. So the reality has jeopardized uh, the airport status as a certified airport. Air ACAP funding received thus far would need to be repaid by the federal government on a prorated basis. 
Now, when we did talk to the federal government on this, they said, technically, if you're without uh, you know air services for a month, we can go after you. But now we're, we're going to wait for six months to possibly a year. So they are giving us some time to try and find another airline here. And that's why we're, we're definitely uh, uh, being a little aggressive here because they're being good to us anyway. Uh, the amount currently sits at about 6.5 million that we um, have outstanding, uh, but this amount decreases by about 10% per year. Um, and should the certificate be withdrawn, the airport would then be designated as a registered aerodrome, and registered facilities are not uh, eligible for ACAP. And funding instead falls under the province's community airports program or the CAP program. Now, the problem with the CAP program is they only have $2 million for all the airports in all of Alberta. And if you take a look at it, there's dozens of them all over the place. Uh, you got hokey little strips and you got some really big uh, uh, other um, airports that are not uh, registered. And so it's, it's not very much money. Um, I do know that Will was uh, president of, I think, three different organizations and they were definitely lobbying the province to try and increase the funding for that because the smaller uh, fields just weren't uh, sort of surviving with that small amount of capital funding. However, any remaining funding would fall on the local municipalities for any future uh, capital programs that wouldn't uh, be covered under the, the CAP program from the province. So we made a second request to the minister. We felt that if, if you couldn't designate us as uh, you know, basically a, a certified airport, even if we didn't have uh, um, scheduled air service, we asked, would you at least not ask for the money back that uh, for, for the previous uh, um, capital projects that we've done? And the reason is, is because, um, to be quite honest, if, if council had for them in 2014 um, saying, okay, here, we're going to give you this $13 million for uh, the runway improvement, but you're going to lose your airline and you're going to have to pay us 6.5 million back within the next five years. I think council would say, no, we just let the runway go. But well, we might not have because in 2013, the oil was Yeah, that's going. true. That so is the possibility, minimum. right? But no one foresaw any of this issue coming down the pipe. So um, it's kind of frustrating, but you know, it happened. We're here. We're going to do what we can with them. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, referendum and the RFP. So right now we put the RFP process on hold until after the referendum has been completed because we want that information. Um, we expect further information coming to the council for a February 10th meeting. Uh, staff has been in contact with municipal affairs and we did a little clarification on the voting hours and advertising requirements were discussed. Uh, we always believed we couldn't use, to, uh, we had to follow the Elections Act for advertising. They said, no, you do have an advertising bylaw. You can use your advertising bylaw. So that was the first uh, clarification. And the second thing is they said, uh, really, you have to be open till 8 o'clock. So just adjust the timing. We did that. We sent out a new flyer. So there's two flyers that have sent out, been sent out to the public. Uh, we've also done uh, basically advertising on our uh, Facebook, uh, on our website. Uh, we've got it posted at the front door. We've got it in the, the newspapers, uh, two different newspapers, uh, the ads, um, so with the correct timing. And um, so we've, we've met all the requirements. Um, so with that, uh, we're, with the, the, this last little week, council wanted us to do the exit poll. So we have been throwing out some ideas 
bang that forth between council and uh, we have the proposed exit pole um, basically um, uh, that's at the back of this document and the questionnaire is attached we'll go through it right there one last time for council and if they're happy great if they want some changes we can uh, try and make some changes but we would like to get the poll out beforehand so people can at least look at it uh, the key with the, the well, I'll get to the poll in a few moments so it's not gloom and doom at the airport we do have two new tenants that are out there so that's really good to see um, and and with these uh, two new uh, participants that we have one is AGS Mechanical and the other one is Huge Toy Box. They've, uh, they've uh, taken over two different uh, leases at two different locations. Uh, they're both airside uh, uh, have hangars. Um, they're both uh, meat hangars for airplanes that they have out there and they've got some really interesting air related ideas and even non air related ideas that they're going to do out there. Um, so we're excited. They've been working very well with us, uh, contacting staff when they want to do certain things. Um, ask, can we do this? Can we do that? Uh, and it's actually nice to have someone actually ask us, can they do certain things as opposed to just doing it and ask for permission after or forgiveness afterwards. So that's kind of nice to you know see good working uh, tenants out there. Um, so the next uh, issue we have is the Peace River or Peace Regional Development Committee. We did have one of the members pop into the office. Um, they just showed up and uh, I was actually in a meeting and then uh, when I was informed that uh, you know, one of the members was down there and they would like to speak to the mayor and myself, uh, I canceled the meeting, I picked up the phone and phoned the mayor immediately and uh, then we sat down uh, just to have a quick chit chat. It turned out to be not a quick chit chat, it turned out to be close to almost an hour I believe, uh, the meeting and it was very, very um, informative. We, we discussed lots of things uh, during that. Uh, so uh, first of all, um, we, we did uh, assure Dr. Wells that we have met, whether it's councillors individually with members of the, uh, the Peace River Regional District uh, Committee, or staff has met with the entire committee. Uh, we looked at all their issues. Um, we went through them one by one. We, we talked about them um, and, and uh, we covered all the responses. They did meet with all our municipal partners. We did explain why we didn't attend the first meeting. And may I reiterate one more time, we had three days working notice. Um, some people had a lot more notice, but, so uh, we had other commitments that we we're going to, but that didn't preclude us from meeting them. We did meet. Uh, we did ask them if they had anything new they wanted to present to council, they could, but uh, we already talked about the issues that they had already, so uh, we didn't need to rehash them one more time. Um, Dr. Welsh had some questions uh, regarding the proposed governance model um, and this is where some confusion came about um, because uh, he did uh, discuss about the part nine company and, and so we were always uh, thinking that the Peace River or the Peace Regional Development Committee, I'm sorry they keep on changing their name so the, the, the name this week is the Peace Regional Development Committee. Um, so they wanted to have a part nine company, but Dr. Welch kind of said he didn't think they should have a part nine company. So there's a little confusion right there, uh, even within their group. Um, Dr. Welch had some uh, concerns about scheduled service. We, we told him exactly what we've been doing over the past little while. Um, we were, uh, and basically it was a very frank discussion of, of what we've done, when we've done it, how we could do it. 
and you know the possible situation in the in the future. We also talked about the ACAP funding, the importance of that, and some of the misconceptions that have been put out there about the provisions of fuel and the fuel contract. So we talked specifically about everything on that fuel. Uh, so I believe he understood it. Uh, he did uh, offer, uh, or he, he, he basically suggested uh, um, some of the members wanted us to come over for dinner and uh, talk again, but we felt that the problem is, is I'm in a situation which, uh, being the returning officer, I have to be careful about talking about pros and cons of issues, specifically on the referendum question. So uh, we basically said after the, uh, after everything is done, we can, we, possibly can have that time to sit down and discuss with them. Um, so there's the letter from Dr. Welsh, and then the next page is the actual uh, questionnaire, uh, uh, eight points. And number nine, I just, um, as you start looking at this uh, one to eight, uh, we broke it up into four different sections, and we're saying, okay, hey, look, who should actually own and operate it? Um, and, and as you can see, the two major proponents are you know, the, the users out there is uh, the province. So 71% of the air traffic that is out there either works to support the uh, air ambulance or forestry. So when you take the uh, rotary traffic and you take the fixed wing traffic for those two departments, 71% of our traffic supports those two departments. You know, whether it is, uh, you know, Highland helicopter or uh, Alpine comes on in or all the other ones. And or Cam West uh, and so on. So when you look at that, um, the province doesn't give us one penny at all for the operation of the airport, nothing. And so with the region contributing $740,000, that's why the first question is, well, look, you know, well, since most of the operations is at the airport, supports those two ministries, well, shouldn't the province actually run the airport? And that's the purpose of that question right there. And people either agree or they can strongly disagree. Um, then uh, the next line is, is well, if the province did own it, yeah, I'd be willing to, you know, add a few extra tax dollars from the um, municipality, and it could be from zero all the way up to um, 120 bucks a, a year. Is that now, per person or per? The, this would be now. Now I, I want to just talk about the, the number generic things. So. So for this, where were you getting these numbers from? Is it is if you were to take right now, basically, uh, we have about 5,400 voters right now uh, in the town of Peace River. So we were looking at kind of like voters when we were breaking this down. If you were to take a look at the $200,000 that we're technically contributing right now, technically we are, that's about $37 per voter. So that's why we got on the low end around 30, you know, 30. 37. If you take a look at, if the town of Peace River has to contribute the full $740,000 for the deficit that's at the airport right now, that would be at the top end $137. So that's why we're at about $120 per voter at $5,400. However, there are some other elements you could pop in. If we lose the ACAP funding, then that would go from basically $740,000 to $1.8 million. So if you were to take $1.8 million and divide that by 5,400 voters, 
then what you're looking at is you're looking at uh, $340 annually a year per voter. Thinking about it like that. Well, we don't pay per voter here. We pay by households. So if you were to look at households then, and this is just going to be a generic type household one, we have approximately uh, 314 commercial industrial businesses approximately. And these are just round numbers, right? And approximately 2,115 um, uh, residential properties. You take that up, that's about 2,400 residential properties, 2,430 about. If you took those same $200,000, 740 and 1840 that would be uh, at $200,000, that would be $82 per household. At um, and, and again, remember, we do assessment, so I didn't do assessment. Um, that was just too much math for me today. Um, if it was at $740,000, that would be $304. And if you were to look at $1.8 million, that would be about $780 per household. So that's why we're just looking. What we're gauging for is we're just gauging the only thing we're really trying to figure out from people is, look, who should own the airport to keep it open, to make sure that it's A, open, B, we got air uh, services for uh, ambulance, air ambulance, we've got forestry, and basically, do we or do we not subsidize the airport? And if we do subsidize it, do you care if we subsidize it if it's the province who owns it? Do you care if we subsidize it if it is a non-profit? Do you care if a profit owns it and we subsidize it? Do you care so much that no, the town has to own it? You know, so that's basically what we're trying to get at with this questionnaire. Do you really care who owns it? And do you, do you want to contribute more of your tax money, municipal tax money, to whoever operates and owns the airport? Um, that's basically what we're trying to do. So when they circle whatever components that they want, they can also have right at the bottom, section nine, add some written in comments. So explain to us, you know, Maybe there's something that we missed on this target. So then fill in that blank there. Where did where, where are you thinking? Um, are we totally you know off the rockers? But basically those are the three things. You know, <laughs> well <laughs> trust me, I hate to say it, there's some people who said we're off our rockers. So <laughs> we're trying to do the best that we can to get the information. We're not going to please everybody, but we are going to collect some information. This is stuff that's really easy to tabulate too and can give us a just general information of where the public is going. If everyone says, hey, look, I don't care who owns it. I don't want to pay it a lousy penny. That gives us an indication. That really helps us in that aspect. Um, and if someone says, no, I think the province owns it and everyone else should be out of it, that gives us an indication. Because then we can then go to the province and say, hey, look, the people that have answered this, that you guys should be running it. You guys are basically, it's your services. Or if they say, no, you know what, I think the town needs to own and operate this, well, then we'll know that. We've got a good indication. So between the actual referendum questions and this piece of information, these two pieces of information get interrelated. We're going to be able to get a lot of data, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, you know, help council in, in whatever final decisions they make. Any questions? Sorry, I'm sorry. What questions do you have for me? So Chris, uh, you know I'm going to jump in here now. Uh, so because this just came out, um, I forwarded it to a friend of mine with some skills in the area. And here were the concerns that were expressed. One, the first question is, 
where did that where did that whole information come from? Um, is that not going to be confusing? The second thing is is then we jump into tax costs. Um, we haven't been talking about tax costs, so are we now creating a whole another stream of oh my God, what are we talking about here? Versus getting the information that we probably need, right? I mean, we've asked a lot of specific questions here that that for us we're like oh yeah yeah but for somebody coming out of this situation and then we sit down and say hey 71 percent of the of the work that's done out there is, is done by the province don't you do you think the province should have to pay for it like i think it's misleading and i don't think it's the information that we need to collect although i appreciate that information i'm not sure that uh that we're gonna get i think we're gonna get more confusion and less answers and i mean if you put that hat on the hat of this is all new information you go into the the you vote and then you come out and now we've presented you with a whole bunch more information what if um that's a good idea i mean what if instead of the dollar amounts we said nothing because everyone knows what nothing is um, less than what I currently or less than less than what we're doing the same more or significantly more and then that way you know people don't have to worry about because like I you know the average person coming in wouldn't know that they're at thirty dollars per voter so they might think well that's cheap um, and, and not know what they what you know what to compare it to you know, at that point. So I don't know, maybe there's a way of making it more agree, strongly disagree, you know, type of survey wording instead of the raw dollar amount that they might have no concept to compare quantitatively to, but qualitatively they might. So everybody has their price point. I don't, I don't see any problem with printing the dollars. And I think, uh, I think Ms. Councillor Downing is underestimating the the uh, the ability of the Peace River voter to uh, to analyze data. I think that they are they are they'll be able to read through the numbers as well as anybody. So uh, <clears throat> I stand corrected, Your Worship. Having said that, we then now jump into. We've gone to the not-for-profit. Now, all of a sudden, we're back in question three and four, talking about for-profit. We set that whole concept aside. Why are we resurrecting it? Uh, I, um, we don't know. What, so what, what are the options going to be, uh, Mr. Parker, uh, when, when, uh, when, they, when they're presented to us? Don't forget, this isn't a vote. This this is this is not the referendum vote. This is a this is the exit polling. So we're just getting more information, and uh, we I don't I don't I don't know if it's going to be a for profit, not for profit, or it's going to be status quo. That's the options presented before beforehand. The whole process has been done so that we uh, when we make a selection. As a council, we uh, we will do it in a non-biased fashion. 
I'd also like to explain that question too. We've actually made uh, an assumption, and the assumption is that people wouldn't want to support a business that is running the airport and then also take a tax subsidy. So we kind of like wrote off that. Hey, would you? I, I would. I would give money possibly to a nonprofit, but if they're making money, no, I don't want to give any subsidies to them. We made that assumption, so that's why we wanted to put that question in to confirm. All right. Do people have an obsession with someone who's actually making money? So therefore, I shouldn't give them any extra money. That their job is to make money. They're going to take. What if they make profits off of it? It goes into their pockets. It goes into their shareholders. But that's why we brought that question back. And I understand that. Um, I personally, now I have my own personal belief. I can't say it until afterwards. Right. <laughs> you know what? I and I'm hearing that this is information for us. Um, but it was suggested that maybe we should run up a test balloon and see whether people are understanding it or not. Um, I, I mean, we've we have in this eight points, we have added eight new ideas essentially. So, so what we did was we came out and said, here's the question. The question is, yes, I support a nonprofit. Or, uh, organize a nonprofit managing slash owning is it and that also is a little bit uh, out there about whether we said management or ownership and what that looks like and and then or no and now we've it, in eight questions we've added four new ideas to to the plate and as much as that the value to us is it valuable to our taxpayer now, I'm, I'm not... Simplify. Mr. Good? Um, if it's okay, I think I have a suggestion that might simplify it. I think if we put the questions of um, the province that own it, for-profits that own it, uh, not-for-profit, whatever, you put those questions into the one section. People who don't have... My belief is that people aren't probably going to go down the middle on all of them. They're going to have strong sections. I think the amount of money that they're willing to pay is going to be based on their choices. So you could just say, "I, you know, based we're basing the numbers on this budget and this number of voters, and it works out to this much a year." Is there a number here that you're comfortable with? And it was just one question on the dollar. I don't think you have to say, "Well, if it's the profit owns, are you willing to pay this? If it's private, are you willing to pay this?" I think once they've outlined which choice they would like or in which order, we can basically discern that from the dollars. We can discern that from their answers and then look at the dollars. Well, I don't know what you what was simple about that, Don, because okay, uh, well, you I'll confused the hell out of me. Okay, put all the questions. Put all the questions to ownership into one group: one, two, three, four, five, whatever the options. And then you put a question about, I would be willing to pay a yearly tax revenue of what? Once they have answered their questions on the, the choices of what they would like to see, the dollar applies to that. Okay, that would be different on every choice. But the questions are all in an exit poll, so they're in a different section, right? Right. I'm, just, I'm saying one page, 
the four the four items for the ownership or five whatever they are and um or eight whatever number of ownership options there are and then how much money are you willing to pay simple i don't think people are going to be all over the map on how much money they're willing to pay depending on the option well i just want to get back to the dollar value uh, we you know everyone talks about it's only thirty dollars per household or whatever and two hundred thousand dollars a year it used to be seven hundred thousand dollars a year and we ate all of it the peace river taxpayer ate all of it and there are some some individuals out there that are trying to confuse the issue we used to pay seven hundred thousand dollars a year and it was only about five years ago that we got other municipalities, all the surrounding municipalities to contribute. And there is no guarantee that they will remain there and contributing. So it really should be 700,000 divided by the number of households we have in, in the town or the number of voters we have in the town or whatever the, the normalized factor factoring in, but it's a hell of a lot more than thirty dollars per person. Because I'm going to agree with you. We we need to we need to give people a real sense. Like we've made some progress on this file, and we've brought our partners into it. But there's no guarantee that those partners are going to stick around, and that the the town of Peace River taxpayer isn't going to be stuck with a $700,000 bill rather than what we're paying now, which is what? We're paying more than $200,000 a year, aren't we? Uh, or is that what our 40% was? The, number, the number for this year is 236. Yes, roughly two. two okay. 236 for this year. Okay, so. so. And, and, and I like it. I like the hard number. Um, this wishy-washy thing about, well, you want to pay significantly more or significantly less? Well, what, what does significantly mean? So, actually, to be honest with you, I kind of prefer that rather than the X amount of dollars a year. That to me is the calculation that's that's simple. Are you? Well, that's the question could be asked. Are you willing for the town of Peace River to be on the hook for, for two hundred thousand a year, three hundred, five hundred, seven hundred fifty a minute? How much are you yeah. willing to have the town of Peace River on the hook for? Yeah, that's probably a simple question. Yeah, and it shows it in its totality because then it is uh, you don't you break don't break it down to uh, McDonald's coffee cup. You actually say you know this is a big chunk of change. It's seven hundred thousand uh, dollars or a million dollars or two hundred thousand whatever, and that money can be used towards neighborhood renewal, it can be used towards paying down the debt on the arena, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we should look at it as a, I, I like that concept is, are you, are you willing as a taxpayer to have the town put in a, a million a year or 700,000 a year or just 200,000 or, or 100,000? No, that would be a more accurate question. That's a lot yeah. of questions. Yeah. Very simple to understand. Yeah, I agree. That would be very simple. Um, in terms of uh, going forward a little bit, um, so the last idea presented by the phone-ins is uh, that we wipe out the uh, lines on the draft proposal, which uh, 
in are from the zero dollars to the 120 eliminate all of that from one through um, eight and then put a new line that says um, are you willing to have the town of Peace River uh, pay pick the numbers that you want to put there is that what the suggestion is yeah, like let's say survey. Uh, I'm not sure this is really uh, beneficial to carry on. I, I think there's been some good ideas. I would suggest that, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, Don, it sounds like you had a solid idea and the mayor and a couple of councillors get together with the administration and wrestle this thing to the ground. Uh, like I said, I designing a survey with town council chambers and people on the telephone, I'm not sure this is very productive. Uh, well, it's, it's productive in the fact that we're exchanging ideas, but I mean, I, I, I think somebody's got to produce a survey that we can actually look at. Uh, lots of ideas bouncing around here, but I'm not sure if everybody's clear on where we're going. I guess the other idea is some of the numbers, if you look at Mr. Towns' budget books, there's a whole new set of numbers, uh, and they're, they're not the numbers that I've heard tonight. Uh, so if we're using numbers, we'd better be using numbers that are out of this book. Uh, and they're they're different than the numbers I heard tonight. So, um. I told the woman to participate in that. If, if anybody gets a hold of me, I'll be there. Um, admin, uh, any questions, thoughts on go forward? Okay. So what what I can recommend is is uh, we'll work on this today and tomorrow. We'll have something by tomorrow by eight o'clock. Because I, I, here's the thing, I would really like this out so that the public gets to see it, so they can, they themselves can see it in advance. Because uh, one of the worst things is for them is to walk in, and that's why we wanted this one out, you know, so they can see it and they can get a little interpretation of what they mean. Uh, um, and, and that's why I tried to explain as much as I could 
uh, you know, for people if they want to listen to this tape, um, just to try and see where we were coming from, from an administrative point of view. Um, so I think the debate was good. I think if if council is agreeable to sort of like the concept of we'll take out the just the four, I'd do this, the 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 I think the province should own it, I think the nonprofit or the for profit or town piece or river should own it. Um, agree, disagree, keep those five up in one section and then down below. Doesn't matter who owns it, this is how much I'd be willing to support or for for the town, zero, two fifty, maybe five hundred, seven fifty, and a million. The only reason I say going up like that is just because of the the issue with the ACAP, our municipal partners might say, okay, we'll, we'll contribute to the operational part, but not the capital. Because I don't know if council remembers, that's really where the part nine fell apart. They didn't want to pay that capital, that big capital. And they were worried about that when we did have that. And, and uh, that was specifically what they said. So um, I, if council is fine with that, I can do something really quick. I can, you know, I might even bang it up even sooner. And, uh, you know, stay. You're talking 8 a.m. or 8 p.m.? Uh, I would have something out tonight for your first look, and then you, I can get a couple comments, I think. So, Councillor Downing brought forth an idea to have a, uh, outside um, eyes look at it, at least one person or so, and yeah, and see if it, to their eyes, not knowing our discussion really, if it made sense. I guess we could leave that with admin, but uh, yeah. sometimes fresh eyes are say, what's this, really? <laughs> well, if, if, if council, if you remember what we started off with to what we ended up with, totally changed. We, we were yeah. pumping out, yeah. you know, so if you looked, it did. It has morphed. Total, yeah. And, um, but you don't get everything perfect, right? You know, so, yeah, and, and the thing, you know, I hate to say it, let, let, let's be quite honest, like, uh, I think I use this uh, story a couple of times. I mean, you get a lot of people and you say, okay, uh, you go into a voting booth, you know, did you vote conservative or liberal Tories? Uh, it didn't matter. Now, what were the policies? Most people didn't know what the policies were. Most people didn't. They walked in and they voted anyway because it's their democratic right to do and they're going to do that. And let's, let's be honest, there's going to be a lot of people who probably, it doesn't matter how much information we get, how perfect we get it, they're still not going to read it and understand it. So that's why we got that comment at the bottom. Yeah. Although his worship would would disagree with you, Chris, he has a lot more faith in our local. Our well, local he's local never local. lost, so he should say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but my yeah. concern when I when I look at this yeah. is we've added. Oh, my concern when I look at this is it's like we've added a whole bunch of new information after the referendum. And uh, I mean, I get that this is relevant information to us, but I think we're just adding more confusion to the to the situation. That's just my comment. But, but we also have been adding information just for council, just from the questions that we've been getting. Absolutely. We've been giving out lots of yeah. information. So this is just a continuation of the natural evolution of this process to try and get information out there so people can make a decision one way or another. Well, you can't. Okay, so we decide to do a, a referendum. We're supposed to put out all the information the next day like we were ready to go. I mean, that's that's bad too because it's like, oh, you're planning on doing this the whole time. So, okay, so yeah. we, we do the referendum. 
it, in a few days we roll up in a few days we roll up the website and we get the we get a couple mail outs going and yeah it does it takes a while to, to to get this done and it has to be done very carefully because I mean we're even in the designing of the question you know where there's already suspicion of bias and um, it's like I don't know if there's any way to avoid that but you know doing as good a job as you know, we can to avoid it but I, I, I there's people that do surveys for a living and there's people that are very familiar with them and it would be a good idea if we just had them look at it with those you know we're in our own heads right now because we know everything yes exactly and so when I'm thinking something and I write it down and I give it to my wife and she's like I have no idea what you're talking about I have to fix it and it's not because she's slow it's because I've done a bad job so you're right whatever happens we need to get a couple people to look at this with objectivity Okay, so does it men have enough to uh, go forth on? I think we got a good start and, and, and we'll keep counsel informed. We're trusting you're going to get something Perfect. else. Perfect. Great, thanks. Thank you. Okay, so uh, the next item under Section 8 New Business is the Alberta 55 Plus Games Regional Bid. And Ms. Bell. Sorry, I thought you were going to talk a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> is there a survey component to this presentation? There is not. This one is actually quite simple, and I don't really need the, the written version of it. On February 5th is the official tour for the Alberta 55 plus, plus game for the 2021 games. Um, we are inviting all of our municipal partners to that tour, including Northern Sunrise County, County of Northern Lights, Town of Grimshaw, and the MD of Peace. And Council is invited if you could be a part of either a portion of the tour or the lunch. But the lunchtime piece is actually quite important. We are doing a presentation during, during that time frame. Um, but I think so the lunch is up. What? It, it'll be close to 1 o'clock, 12.30 to about 1.30 time frame. There is some cushion because we are literally driving them around and things can happen. Um, but we have an itinerary that we've laid out fairly minute by minute. So we do anticipate being, barring any major um, wheel issue, we should be on time within that time frame. So if any member of council would like to attend the lunch, that would be great. If you're unable, we have uh, your municipal representative um, that will be in attendance. That is really, really hoping where, that. Where, where is the date? February 5th. Wednesday, February 5th. Yes. Voting day. Voting day. And what time is it? The, the entire tour is from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. And then we are at St. Isidore Cultural Center from the, for the lunch from approximately 12.30 to 1.30. And people would meet the bus or whatever in at Grimshaw Multiplex if they're touring. That's correct. So that's driving time to pack. That's right. Although we really could uh, pick up some of our town councillors and peace room. Yes, we that could. Is more yeah. 
we we have a full itinerary that I could um, send out to all of council members so you could pick a spot to jump on the bus as it were because we are touring our local facilities along with Grimshaw going out to Lac Cardinal driving past Mighty Peace Golf Course we're attempting to illustrate the uh, distance and actually how short of distance it is in comparison to a large city that's unique it, our, our distance and living in a rural area could be of our benefit on this bid. There you go. Do we know who else is bidding or anything like that? No, we don't. No. So you can't sabotage. That's, that's usually okay. exactly why. <laughs> so uh, your recommendation is? Uh, An enabling motion for council members to attend and then you can look at your schedules and see what you could accommodate for the day. And let me know, sir. That's correct. Uh, Councillor Downing? Uh, Madam Deputy Mayor, I'd like to make that motion to enable the Town of Peace Rivers Council to attend the 2021 Alberta 55 Summer Games bid tour on April the 5th. Thank you. Any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor? In favor? Thank you. In favor. Okay, I think it's carried. Okay. We are now on to reports. And the first report is the uh, Peace River Aboriginal Interagency um, Committee uh, minutes from a meeting that was held uh, December 17th. Oh, there's an addendum item. Oh, pardon me. Backtrack. Um, there was an additional item and Councillor Ford is going to report on the crime prevention seminar this past Saturday. And I'll make my report a lot shorter. So just this past Saturday, uh, the Town of Peace River hosted a crime pre prevention conference and trade fair um, from one to four at the Saw Ridge. We had seating for just about 100 people. Um, it was uh, very well attended. We had approximately 80 people go through the uh, go through the conference. We had presentations from Rural Crime Watch, from the RCMP, as well as uh, Darren Boyer came down from Edmonton, and he's the inventor of the light catch-up. And was, other than that, uh, we had seven seven trade show booths, five of them of which were uh, local businesses that specialized in uh, in security, um, whether it be cameras, lighting, or, or stuff like that. But uh, the outcome of it was uh, uh, the public was really thankful and uh, it turned out really good. Great to hear. And great that uh, the pilot program that we're participating in, no doubt, uh, will be expanding upon things like that in the future. Okay, thank you, Mr. Ford. Uh, okay, so back to um, report item number one which is the minutes of the Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting um, of December 17th. Uh, I attended. I just wanted to mention that uh, if you would like to uh, possibly support the powwow um, funding in an individual basis, you could buy a calendar at many places for about $10. Um, the TRC Calls to Action subcommittee is uh, going into phase three of its um, Indigenous Outreach uh, Program and Phase 3 involves, um, well Phase 2, or Phase 1 just to remind you, is the flags that we presently have in the Council Chamber. Phase 
Two are the flags at the park and the um, Treaty 8 information um, memorial. Phase three will meet, be some storyboards that hopefully will be added to the area this um, coming uh, early summer. And they will be talking about uh, more information about Treaty 8, Métis, script, and um, other um, that were involved with the Treaty 8. Uh, so it's to be determined, but please look for it. The other thing I wanted to mention as part of the powwow fundraising, there will be an Indigenous fashion show happening on March 21st. Um, there's information here, but if you buy a ticket uh, by February 1, it costs you $50. If you wait, it costs you $65. So this coming um, or Saturday, do the advance poll and then go and buy your ticket perhaps at the museum. So that's all I have to say about uh, that particular item. So do we need to move acceptance of the reports? Okay, uh, Councillor Downing will like to move the acceptance of the two reports. All those in favor? Great. In favor. In favor. Lovely, it's carried. Okay, we're on to information items and we've got uh, some emails. Uh, and okay, uh, so we have an email, email from MD of the Peace, um, basically indicating that the MD um, is respecting Peace Service autonomy with respect to the airport and their position has not changed. Uh, we have an email from, well actually it's a letter that was a motion from County of Northern Sunrise, also indicating that um, the county is um, uh, waiting for the results of the RFP process. And the town of Grimshaw is also awaiting the um, results of the RFP process with respect to the airport. And that was... And, and, and all those information was sent to the, uh, uh, the Peace River Development Airport Committee. Sure. We hear back from the county of Northern Lights. Didn't get anything from that. I thought I might have had an email that went directly to me, but I don't think so. I'll just double check. But yeah, um, I'll get the response. I'll confirm that. Okay, would someone like to move the acceptance of those uh, three information items for information? Mr. Ford, all those in favor? In favor? In favor. Favor. <laughs> Carried that. Thank you. Uh, any notices of motion? There are none. Uh, comments from the public? I'm not seeing any from the public right now. Okay, so onwards to key communication items. So, Ms. McQuarrie, any thoughts on that? Several. Uh, Green, can I talk with you if, if there's a way to make all of the things you said into a concise little bit? That would be awesome. <laughs> it's right here. It's right here. <laughs> we'll be working till March 15. I don't. Know. <laughs> Could I? Could I do like a written statement and flip it to you? Sure. Would be legal. For me? Yeah. You bet. <laughs> You've been it's around us just, for too long. Just about, you know, challenges, putting this together. Yeah. Kind of think that it'll turn out like this, and this is yes. what the president should expect. 
That'd yeah. be appreciated, actually. Yeah. And and of course, with all of the conversation and information from Chris, uh, this the next issue doesn't come out until February five, anyway. So, damn. But thanks. Yeah. So that that's Find that right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I missed that. Damn it. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I could think of at this time. I mean, referendum will tell the story. Yeah. There's really not much to go on ahead of time for me. Without yeah, there's lots of information out there for yeah. people to make decisions, and we just hope that they get out and yeah. participate in that uh, election process or democratic process. As yeah, such. you betcha. Yeah. Okay, and I guess the other one might be uh, Obsidian's uh, gold sponsorship, but you already have that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Any others from council that want to bring up? Okay. And, and the official word, uh, I can ask Autumn later, the official word about the air cadets situation, do you want them to return to a meeting, correct? To They're going to be having discussions with administration. Um, oh, yes, with Chris. Basically, yeah. okay. and then go forward from there. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. Other than that, that's about it. I, I will, I'm relocating to Grand Prairie because where I'm living is no longer Grand Prairie. My daughter's moved away, so, but I will be here a couple of days a week, so I still make here at your awesome. Well, we hope, we hope one of the days is Monday. Yeah, yeah, time will tell. It's also deadline day, so hard to um, say, but yeah. Yeah, it's got a plate for you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So that's about it. So I'll get your email sometime. In the next year or two? Yeah, let me just help. Oh, wow. That's, give him a raise. That's good. Okay. It's in the budget, I'm sure. I don't know, someplace in there. I'll just check out the account for his time. I got 12 minutes for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's it, guys. That's it. Okay, thank you, Joanne. Uh, so, Council, are you uh, wanting a 10 minute break? Sure. Okay, that was pretty clear cut. So, guys on the phone, uh, 10 minutes brings us to uh, 7.27.